0: The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 30, PLCs and Rural Education with Robert Williams. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Hey Ben, how are we doing tonight? I am good. Kyle, what That's is awesome. up? Hey, so this is a special episode because we are recording live on location. We are at Shoe Tree Brewing Company in Carson City. Yes, we are. This is not far from where I work and uh, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit this. This is the first time I've been here since I started working in Carson. I went there last summer when I came up for orientation for my job. I came here, tried a lot of their different beers, and I've had their beers at different places since then, but I haven't actually been in the brewery since I got here last summer. I'm a little ashamed to admit that.
1: I have to admit I've never been here, and I come to Carson quite a bit. My, brother, my brother-in-law lives here, and I come quite a bit, and I have never been here, but I'm super excited. So the first thing we have to ask well, probably we should introduce ourselves.
0: Yes, we could do that real quick. My name is Kyle Anderson. For the first-time listeners out there, you can find me on Twitter at AndersonEdTech. And then I have my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. And you, my friend, are?
1: I am Ben Dixon. You can find me on the Twitterverse at TheDixonNV.com and we are sampling some fine beers. We have a guest tonight.
0: We do have a guest, so you know we're gonna, normally we talk a little bit about the beer, but since he's right here with us, we're gonna have him introduce himself real quick as well. So guest, would you like to introduce yourself, please?
2: Sure, I'm Rob Williams, and I am the Director of Technology in Nye County, which is the school district in Nevada. Um, So, and I'm drinking a flight of beers because the selection here is outstanding. (laughs)
0: That, that it is. So I do yes. remember when I did come here last summer, I went through about 12 of them, and it was absolutely amazing. So I did not go through 12 of them tonight. So but um, so now that we've introduced ourselves a little bit, I'm going to share first what yes. I'm drinking. I went with the Atomic Bank Vault from Shoe yes. Tree. This is a 9.3 ABV, 40 IBU, double IPA. This does not drink like a 9.3, guys. Ooh, this, is, this is a dangerous, dangerous beer. This is one of those beers that, like, it, it's got all the citrus, it's got the pine, but it doesn't have that alcohol bite. So I could see myself, if you just told me, like, that's all you're going to drink for the next two <laughs> hours, I would probably be absolutely wrecked doing it because this is a great beer that's really easy drinking for a double IPA. Right, right. So
1: I will go with mine. So I went with the uh, Muscle Powered Pale Ale, and it's a 5.5% ABV. And it's a uh, super easy drinking beer. And um, really, uh, 55 IBU, not, not super um, hoppy, but uh, just an easy drinking beer. And um, supports Muscle Power is the group around here that builds all the trails and maintains trails, mountain bike, trail running. So I have sampled many of their, of their trails and I'm a proud uh, supporter of the work they do.
0: I love how this place does. They actually a lot of their beer names go yep. a lot with like the surrounding area. Like they got the Ash Canyon yep. um, beer here as place. well. Yes, yes. I, I've heard a lot of great things about Ash Canyon, so um, I need to get the bike out there on that one. But one, one thing I do got to say before uh, Rob introduces his beer is that I like how I've got a double IPA that is forty IBU, and your pale ale is fifty five IBU. That, I find that really funny. Yes, Perci- it is. Yeah. It is There's weird, no-
1: kind of like, yeah, the pale is that. That's not a normal
0: pale. No, no, and that's, uh, well, with the double IPA only the 40 IBU, it's not normal. But the double in this one is definitely the ABV. It's the
1: double alcohol. So,
0: now, Rob, you, you probably picked one of the best beers on the list right now. So, which one did you end up going with?
2: I am... <clears throat> Among the flight that I have, the, the one that I've liked the most is the Cocoa Taco Porter. It's oddly, you know, connected to your last episode. It is a gluten-reduced beer, and it's got a combination of peanuts, vanilla, chocolate into a porter. Six percent IBV, 20 IBUs, 28 SRM it's outstanding uh, untapped i don't rate too many beers a five but this one i gave a five
0: very nice and what's funny about that one is it's um it's catering to those that are gluten intolerant but then they throw peanuts in it so then there's a whole other stash of people that can't drink it now because there's peanuts in it but um and we've talked about the peanut butter stouts and peanut peanut butter porters on the episodes before and uh I did have a sample. My wife is here with us as well and uh, she had that one and I took a sip of it and yeah, that is definitely a very, very good beer there. So so gentlemen, now that we have beers in hand, yes. so let's talk a little bit about first, Rob, who are you? What do you do? What kind of things educationally make you tick a little bit?
2: Okay, so I am the director of technology for the Nine County School District, but If you don't mind, I'll give you a little bit of my history because it's kind of unusual. So I started as an English major, well, computer science major in the early 90s, mid 90s. I didn't particularly like the competitive nature, which is odd because now it's very collaborative in nature. And uh, so I moved, I became an English major, started at Seattle U, finished at UNLV. I'm a native from Las Vegas. Um, There aren't too many of us uh, like that.
0: (laughs) No, Native Nevadans are, there's actually two Native Nevadans in the group right now. I'm the only non-Native Nevadans. But I've been here long enough. Can can I claim it at least? I've been here for 14 years. No, I still can't. No, you're fired. (laughs) Okay, I'm fired. Okay, that's good. So
2: so I got my English degree. And of course, if you're getting an English degree, everybody assumes you're going to teach. And I fought against that uh, a great deal. Just, no, I don't want to teach. I have no desire to teach. Graduated. Went to work for the Boy Scouts of America as a district executive, which was an outstanding position. I learned a lot, but I was a little immature maybe for the level of responsibility that takes. And um, But one of my responsibilities was to run summer camp. I was the program director at uh, Potosi and then also at Del Webb. And... Uh, I found I really loved working with teenagers, so I decided to look into teaching. And at that time, Clark County and UNLV were doing a partnership called the Urban Teaching Partnership, right. mm-hmm. where you spent a year uh, basically as a student teacher, but you weren't alone in the classroom. Right. And um, so, in my head, an outstanding mentor teacher at El Dorado was where I worked. And then UNLV brought the classes to us, so every other week, we had um, two days of full days of classes, uh, so like ed psych and special education, all of the normal classes that you have to take. So I taught in Clark County then for a year at uh, first, um, what was the school, West Middle School, which is now West Academy, and then at Palo Verde High School. Uh, in 2006, I moved to Nye County and uh, lived in, you know, I'm, I live in Pahrump, I got uh denied my first teaching job in Nye County. They said no. And then two weeks later, I got called, hey, the teacher I offered the job to doesn't want it. Are you still interested? So I, uh, I started teaching high school English at the uh, Perm Valley High School. And a few years later, 2010, I was uh, moved to be a teacher on special assignment, paid with RPDP funds. So I did training and data analysis for Nye County Mineral County, a tiny bit for Clark County. They have a few more resources right. than the rurals, mm-hmm. and then also Lincoln County. So I got to travel a lot. One of the things I learned was that um, you—it's really hard, even being a native Nevada, if you live in Las Vegas all the time. It's really difficult <laughs> to understand the rurals.
0: For you, sure, you it's,
2: don't. Yeah, yeah, It's the same living in Reno, yeah, yeah. or
0: Carson. But <laughs> at the same time, though, uh, I worked as a, I was a football coach at a small school in Las Vegas for several years, where Our conference was the small rural communities of Nevada, and I got to travel and basically see this entire state while doing it. And I fell in love with this state as a result. I mean, I already loved Nevada as it was living in Las Vegas, but then I got to see the rest of the state. And then, you know, I mean, that really opened up my eyes to eventually making my move up north here. As well, so I mean just a lot of those small towns like Ely, and then you right. mentioned Lincoln County with Kanaka. Right. Um, yeah. My actual favorite is Pioche. Pioche yeah. is a great, great little town. So, and,
1: I, and I think for people who listen to us who don't realize, we are a we're a pretty big state, and we're really spread out. Oh yeah. I mean, so like, how far is it
2: from where you are to Vegas? That's well, it's only about fifty-five minutes to the right. west part of Vegas. But Nye County is uh, the, it's fifth, big, yeah. Yeah, it's the fifth, geographically the fifth largest school district in the United States. Right, It is 18,000 square miles. <laughs> it takes me six hours to drive from my office to uh, the school oh, yeah. in Gabs or the school right. in Blackwater.
0: I was going to ask you yep, how far it was exactly. to Gabs because yep. I drove through Gabs about a year oh ago for the first time. And I just, first of all, I couldn't believe there was even like residential area there because I mean there is nothing around that place for two hours and you you get up there and I mean, it's a I I would say a vibrant community, but I mean, it's a it's a community in the middle of nowhere. And you know, a lot of people joke about what their idea of the middle of nowhere is. You don't know middle of nowhere until you go to Gabs, Nevada, There's some places on 50 that are
2: pretty much like that,
1: too.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: Well, and uh, Gabs has uh, about thirty-five students. It's right. K through twelve right. school, and um, yeah, a lot of the students come from Yamba, the uh, Indian reservation right, right there. So it, it's it's an interesting community, and we do a lot of distance education there from middle okay. school and high school, which kind of leads me into my my yes. current position. So I worked as a trainer for um, four years, about four years, and then. From that, I, I became the uh, principal in Amargosa, which is a small rural community about another hour uh, northwest of, uh, of Pahrump. I love the community there, love the people. It's a, it's a very immigrant-filled community because there's right. dairy there. And it was the, the at the time, uh, it was the lowest performing school in the state of Nevada. A lot of turnover in right. terms of administration, um, some but... So I was hired as a school improvement grant administrator, and the the state had some serious questions about that because I would be a brand new administrator. So I was assigned a mentor. So I came into administration just like I came into teaching with a full time year long mentor, which was honestly the way to do it. Um, and then after four years, about three and a half to yeah, three and a half, I the position of director of technology open in the district and I applied for that because I am geeky, although I'm not the expert in my department but on anything, I'm kind of a generalist. And um, From there I work with a fantastic group of people to make sure that technology continues to work in the district.
0: Do you still do a lot of traveling as part of your job? Do you still got to go to the Gabs and the Tonopahs and the uh, and the Beatys of Nye County still as part of that?
2: yeah I I visit every school at least once a year um, and uh, oftentimes more often than that so like during the summer we we spend a week we'll base a team for a week in Tonopah like right now we have a team in Round Mountain and they're doing a refresh of all the computers there and they'll base in Tonopah it's four people we get them rooms and every day they travel from Tonopah the 45 minutes to get to Round Mountain to do the work and those are average 10 hour days five days you know, and then they'll be done with Round Mountain by
0: the end of the week. Okay. I think um, we're going to have to throw in the show notes. I'm going to put together just a Google map, a map. of all of these places yeah. for those. Because, I mean, I'm not sure how many of our listeners are in Nevada that would be familiar with. I know a lot of our listeners are not Nevada. So just to give you perspective on yeah. this, I'm going to put together a Google map and just put pins on all these places that Rob is talking about. Just because it really it is spread out. and. And then there's no direct route to any of these you've got us 95 that runs through a lot of it but then you're crossing county lines esmeralda county you've got mineral county um that's part of that drive as well and it's just yeah it's all over the place so just to really put that especially because so nevada is really unique because we have one school district Per county.
1: Yes. We are per county, the 18, districts. Per the
0: 1864 Nevada Constitution, which was, at the time, the longest telegram ever sent. It took him two days to send it to D.C. in order to get Nevada statehood in time for the election because Lincoln thought he was going to lose the election in 1864. I didn't know that was in the
1: Constitution.
2: Well, That's interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: I have a more important question because we were discussing district travel. Will your team be staying at the Clown Motel? In Tonopah. We don't. Uh, we don't stay at the Clown Motel. Don't That's stay at the National Nine either. So
2: I will tell you a story. So we, uh, we had a, it's only funny if you're from Nevada. We had right. Con- we had a contractor coming in and they're adding, this is last summer, access points, wireless access points to Tonopah Elementary and Middle School. Right. Well, this school is 70 years old. It was not built for technology. So we've kind of shoved technology in. And one of the places we shoved technology is you have to go through this corridor that literally is like this little, you have to hunch over. It's like walking through this cave in the building to get to the uh, the, uh, s- the, the switches and the servers. And there might be gold back there, there knowing the data. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the school uses that hallway, or we'll call it a hallway, that's kind of a euphemism, to, uh, to store stuff. And one of the things that's stored back there is this old crib that's probably worth a ton of money. And uh, so this uh, contractor is out there doing work, and they have to go through that tunnel every day. For two or three weeks, they were out there. And I had um, one of my team members who's uh, a system administrator. He's out there supporting them. And every day at the end, after everybody had gone, he would go and move that crib to a different (laughs)
0: location.
2: And then he would meet the guys at the Mm -hmm. local bar there. There's a a brewery there. Yes, there is. That brewery uh,
0: has... Improved significantly in the it's, last few years. I've been there. Yeah, in the beginning, that brewery was not very good, but they have they have come a long way. But they do. One thing that's been a constant with that place, their barbecue has always been on point.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but he would sit there at dinner with them and tell them the ghost stories, <laughs> some of which he made up on the spot yes! about the different hauntings in Tonopah. Oh, so, love it! <laughs> yeah, they, they, by the end of the week, they were a little nervous. To go through that, but it was pretty funny.
0: Oh that's so good. So if you
1: ever if you ever drive from Reno to to Vegas, you will end up going through Tonopah and you will see the Clown Motel and you'll know exactly what we're talking about.
0: That's yeah, that I mean I a- I I'm a I will straight up admit I hate clowns. I am <laughs> definitely afraid too. of clowns. I am convinced I am convinced that the lampshades in that place are made out of human skin. Because, Maybe. yeah, because just that place just, and it was for sale. It, it was, was for sale. It was yes, like, sold. for $900,000, it could have been yours. So, well, then the other one. Now this was not this is in Nye County. This is Esmeralda County. Very close though is in Goldfield. Oh, the yes, Haunted no, Goldfield Hotel yes. is under yeah. renovation. They're yes. going to reopen it. They are. I will. I would love to be one of the first people to stay there when that opens because <laughs> I hate clowns, but I love ghosts. I will. I will stay in a haunted hotel all day. I think they're setting
2: up as a museum though. I don't think yeah. they're going to actually open it as a hotel. They're only doing the first level. Oh, that's uh, unfortunate. But so when I was working as a teacher, a teacher on special assignment. I obviously I did, um, maybe it's not obvious, but I did PD for Esmeralda County and I got to meet the superintendent there. And then one day I'm there talking with the superintendent and this little old lady, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but she came into and she introduced herself and she was probably 120 years old. Uh, And she introduced herself as the town historian and she offered to give me a tour of the old high school that's all stone built. And she, it was, and unfortunately, I was traveling and i didn't have time to go it's probably one of my big regrets in life is that i i had the opportunity to do a tour of these haunted places and i didn't even i didn't get yes. to take it
0: did she work at that little um shack with all the uh, <laughs> license plates on the side of it oh i don't know because yes. i stopped there one time and i i don't remember a little old lady there but i remember an older gentleman talking my ear off for almost an hour just about the history of Goldfield, and yes. I was just enthralled by it. It was a booming, booming metropolis at one time. At, okay. In ni- what was it, 1906, it was the largest city in Nevada, at like twenty some thousand people. Yeah. And they had I can't I can't remember the prize fighters at the time, but they had a world heavyweight title boxing match in Goldfield, Nevada in 1906. And just it's a cool town. So yeah, for you non Nevadans, you you got to make that trip sometime.
2: Well, the hotel has an episode on Ghost Yes, movies. it does.
0: Yeah, I've seen that episode about twelve times because I don't watch that show often. But whenever I do, it always ends up being that one, and that's that's just a great episode. Like the rocks getting chucked at their feet, and then uh, you know they're hearing the voices and then the clanging. So there's a the whole story. We'll, we'll get the Cliff Notes version where allegedly the owner of the hotel's wife was pregnant and it wasn't his, so she chain he chained her up to the Radiator to starve to death, and then when the baby was born, chucked it down a mine shaft to kill her or something like that. So now it's haunted because the woman, his wife, now is you know basically screaming for her baby or something like that. It's, it's a really creepy story.
2: Yeah. So people who say that you know we're in the end of times and that life, you know, society is just getting worse and worse, maybe it's not so much. Probably not. Yeah.
0: So now, Rob, you know, we were talking a little bit off air before we got going here about some of the stuff that. Your district, Nye County, is doing in regards to professional development and professional learning communities. Then it was just something Ben and I both we looked at you and at the same time like, are you really? You know, and just tell us a little bit more about that because we were just very intrigued by that.
2: So we had um, stolen an idea from Mineral County where we did PD Wednesdays, which meant that we had a li- not early release, we had release at the minimum retired. Mi- Minimum required minutes start right. here. Um, on Wednesdays and then teachers obviously stay for contract time and we do P D that time, P D Wednesdays. About three, three and a half years ago, the superintendent decided that it would be a good idea to expand that because we had a huge shift in our district from really operations focused at the district level to learning focused to student focused. Right. And it required some real consideration about instruction and data analysis in our district. And well, what's the most precious thing we don't ever have enough of?
0: Time. Yes. So
2: um, we looked, or he and the the leadership team looked at this idea of doing a later start. So teachers still start about the same time. And but school starts a little later, but we still meet the minimum, minimum required minutes by law. Uh, a little bit more than that, actually. And every single day of the school week, in the morning, we have forty-five to fifty minutes of professional development time at every single school in Nye County. Wow,
0: that's amazing. So,
2: so each, so
1: is it? So it's every day of the week. Yeah, every day. So, is there a structure like first grade meets on this day, second grade? Like how does that work?
2: So, keep in mind that the, the schools in Nye County are smaller than Clark or right. Washoe. But, uh, so inside the school, the principal has some discretion, right? but it's been limited to two days of professional development. So we can do the read by third or right. with the new law, uh, Nevada reads law, yes. the professional development that's required by those laws, as well as whatever this, the principal deems is important. So some schools are doing a lot of Kagan structures, so they'll devote one of their two PD days a week to doing, uh. Practicing Uh, Kagan structures. Okay, and then the other three days are meant to are structured so that they meet by grade level or by department. Um, We try to do at least once a month uh, a. We use Google Hangouts to connect all of our schools together. So once a month, we'll get all the first grade teachers um, across the districts on Google Hangouts to discuss some of the issues with first grade. Oh, cool. So how many doesn't always go smoothly? Right, but right. There's an effort.
0: How, <laughs> how many elementary schools then would you say are in your district? Again, now we're talking again, spread out over 18,000 square miles. How many schools do you have to coordinate that?
2: Okay, so there's four elementaries in Promp and then Amargosa Beatty, Amargosa Beatty, Tonopah, Round Mountain, Gabs and Duckwater. So there's about six. Okay. okay. Now, the PLC time does not align really well for okay. our remote rural, San and right. North. So they have their own PLC. Okay. And then the Pahrump schools have a PLC in terms of grade level stuff. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah, i say because um, Pahrump is, you know, I'm not a booming metropolis by any means, but it's definitely larger than your outlying communities throughout right. the uh, county. So I'm sure getting them together is probably a lot easier. So... But that's the beauty of where we're at in society now, that every teacher in the district at one point can be connected, even though there's hundreds of miles in between. them.
2: Right. And because of that mileage, we have to—we depend a lot on remote communication right. and video conferencing. It's, it's never as great as being able to get people together. There's a lot of that informal conversation that takes place when you get people together. But it's certainly better than just trying to get people on a, an audio phone call. Right.
1: So, so what tool are you using
2: to connect? We just we were talking about this before. So, what are you using? So this year, we most groups, everybody has access because we're a Google school district. So right. Google Hangouts. Right. And then we're interjecting some. So with uh, Zoom communication for when we need to record meetings or we want to be able to put things out there. But this school year, we're actually doing video conferencing of a class from Beatty to Round Mountain and Tonopah. That's a CTE course that we're starting for medical oh, cool. and EMT stuff. Right. And then we're doing the same thing from Tonopah High School, a French course, because they have a French teacher, to Round Mountain and Beatty. Well, I'm not sure about Beatty. Uh, so one of the things that I'll be doing in the fall, when school starts, is I'll be on those campuses to teach teachers how to uh, how to use the software, how to record that, how to use Google right. Classroom, and integrate all of those things together. So that if a kid misses the class, they can post the recording and still you know, have all the information available.
0: So let me get this straight, just so I'm fully understanding, the listeners are fully understanding, you're you have a French teacher in Tonopah that is going to basically live-stream their class every day so kids in outlying communities that don't have that class can be in a room, watch it live, and participate in class and basically be taking the class without a physical teacher in the room.
1: Right, yeah.
0: That is – I don't even have words for how amazing that is.
1: Yeah, that, that is really – I mean, we are – it is really amazing because you think about those kids in outlying counties or outlying in that district, they don't have access to you know a fr- one teacher to teach French or one teacher to teach
2: you know, a, a CTE class or something like that. Well, one of the things that opens up for us at the high school level, the school rating system has uh, points for offering and students taking yes. AP classes. Right. I was thinking we yeah. haven't been able to offer those to our school for anybody from Amargosa North only only students from uh, Right. Actually, well that's an equity oh, issue. Right. right. So with this system if we can get it to work fairly smoothly, we can offer AP courses to all of our remote schools. That's that is a huge. That's
1: a huge equity issue because I think about like in the bigger counties like Washoe Clark. I mean, we have tons of AP teachers, so you can do a class like AP AP macroeconomics. But there's no way a kid in Knight County is going to have access to that unless um, they live in Bronx. unless they live in Grunt. Or I mean, oh, I'm sorry. The is, I is there? Is there? Have you thought about is there a way to get to get that? Maybe even using teachers from other counties.
2: We actually are partnering. So we have a new yeah, curriculum director this year. Her name is Lisa Forge. She okay. came from the state. She's been a miracle really? for our district. And she is working on a partnership with um, the Distance Education School in Clark County okay. to provide additional resources. For example, cool. we don't have a computer teacher at every school right. in the rural areas that makes it difficult for kids yeah. to be able so to actually get that half credit they're required for graduation. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, so we're partnering, I wish I knew Leadership Academy. No, that's a that's a different school. Um, but we're partnering with them to offer a computer science course to our remote rural schools at the middle and high school level to be able to address that issue. And that's a distance education program that'll run similarly to what we do, what we're going to try to do with uh, video conferencing but they don't video conference Right,
0: right right and it also the amount of money that's being saved by the district is astronomical because say for example you did want to have a kid take an ap course that's in one of these remote areas like a gabs i mean you're still talking that gabs to Tonopah is still almost a three-hour drive and is it feasible that you could take that kid one day a week Take them down to Tonopah where they have that one class for say three and a half hours or something like that where they do that all the remote kids come there for that three and a half hours whatever sure you could but the logistics and the amount of money I'd be spent to do that just it wouldn't work and now because of the technology using Google Hangouts using Google Classroom and all and Zoom and all these other things now you're talking about using free tools to do something that would cost thousands upon thousands of dollars a year to get done and. Right there, you, we talk about equity. Now, yeah. you're, that equity issue is, it's nothing now, because now you can do it.
2: Yeah, it's, been, it's been an amazing journey. I mean, we're just getting started. We've done classes via Polycom in the past, like okay. Spanish from Front Valley High School to Beatty. But that's all. the Polycom system is not run by the district. It's handled by an outside provider, and they are really good to work with. But it doesn't give us the flexibility or the ability to... Um, troubleshoot in my right. department the technology department so using zoom and using hangouts hopefully it will give us more flexibility have you talked with any
1: of the northern worlds like Eureka I'm thinking about Elkos. <laughs> well Elko is probably a bigger one but I'm thinking of like Eureka and some of the other ones yeah your Lander counties Lander. your
0: you your um, your Persian counties your Humboldt counties
2: so we haven't in terms of offering um, classes or curriculum, we haven't done a whole lot of that, or actually I haven't really reached out to those counties at all. Right. We've met with some of the uh, last year, um, uh, the supervisor for the IT department, Justin and I, we met with some folks from the IT division at Clark County uh, and got some great ideas and some feedback and it's amazing how they were willing to talk about some of their failures and some of their successes so we can learn from them. We're greatly appreciative of that. And then we've worked with uh, the technology supervisor in Mineral County, but it sounds like she's moving on to other things. Okay. Uh, And she's been really collaborative. She's worked really well. In terms of curriculum and classes, we haven't been able to do that too much.
0: Yeah, because I'm just envisioning, again, Nevada's very unique. We have 17 counties, which means 17 school districts. You've got Clark County, which is 330,000 students, Washoe County, 63, it's up to 63,000 63, now. Kids.
1: But then yeah. the
0: rest of the state combined, I mean, we're yes. talking, I, I can't give an exact figure right now. It's a lot
1: less. It is definitely <laughs> a lot less.
0: I I would I would bet money on the next one, and yet notice I said bet money in the state of Nevada. So we're talking about less than 50,000 throughout the rest of the state probably.
2: That's very possible. I know in, in Nye we're at about 5,500. Right. And Prump is people might not be happy I say this, but Prump is very much becoming a bedroom count bedroom community Vegas, to Las Vegas. Vegas, 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 Vegas uh, which is what it was like in two thousand six when I moved there. Right. And then I, I think we've we've talked with and I've pulled resources from a couple other counties. Lyon County is about sixty five or seventy five hundred students. Right. I work in
0: Carson City school district and we're about 5500
2: Yeah. Esmeralda, when I was working with them as a TOSA, they were at 85 students. Yeah. K-8, through they had no high school. (laughs) And
0: that's for an entire county. So those students, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the students in Esmeralda County go to high school, they ride the bus up to two hours to Tonopah to go to school?
2: That's correct. One of the things we've tried with technology, our grant writer, who's done a great job, she uh, asked if I'd be willing to to work on a project where we put... uh, uh, a wireless system on the bus, yeah, and kids could check out Chromebooks so that they could work on their homework right. and stuff on the bus. And it, it had a rocky start this year, and one of the issues, it worked great from Beatty Tamarosa, because yeah. those kids are on a the bus, signal, right? there's a signal there, but Justin and I did a tour of the bus route, or what could be the bus route for Esmeralda County, Tampaw to Tiger right. right. uh, and at Fish Lake. And more than half of it had no cell signals. Yeah. So, and those routers depend on cell signals. Right. Well, that that
1: is the thing about Nevada, too. There's a lot of parts that have no cell service. <laughs> I, I have
0: purposely driven through a lot of those areas just to break up that trip between Vegas and Reno before. And I've gone through some of those communities like Silver Peak, where there is absolutely nothing there but a lithium mine. The only lithium mine in the country, by the way. Right. So now this is the history teacher coming out here. Back in the late 1800s, the Turner Thesis basically said that there's no longer a frontier and that the entire country had been settled, whatever. That is not true for places like rural Nevada and a lot of the other western states. There's still a lot of desolation out there. And Rob, you're doing a lot of great things to try to bridge that gap with what you're doing here. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I have an outstanding team, and I, I should take the opportunity to tell you again that I'm not the expert. I have IT experts, and I also handle Infinite Campus, the student information right. that falls under, my right. and uh, the team that runs that, they're the experts. I, I just kind of build communication and touch points for everybody. I, I wish I had the expertise that a lot of times when I introduce myself with my title, I <laughs> think I have. I, but I. I've That's a good leader I right there. look good.
0: And, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's more fun to work when you don't know everything. Or you're not the expert because it just makes your job more interesting, right? So, Absolutely. I mean,
2: well, it forces yeah. collaboration. We right. don't have a choice. We can't be singletons. We can't. Nobody that works in my department in either side of it
3: can do all the
2: work by themselves, right? And so, we do a lot of conversations. We do a lot of talking. And I, you guys, have mentioned that you see the weekly update that I post. Right. I email that out just so people know what we're doing because. A lot of times, when people don't know what you're doing, they assume you're not doing anything. That's and a good point. That yeah. is, you know, when resources in education are so scarce because there's always a need for more money, for more time, pay right. teachers more, pay administrators more, add a position here. So the perception that you're not working, the department's not working to its potential, not working efficiently. It creates a huge cultural issue. Thanks, man, so, that. I mean, that's why I do that weekly update. Originally, it was for me as my staff. I started as a principal to do that update. It's kind of like a blog, but it's yeah. just internal. Right. And I thought it was for my staff so they know what was going on. And then I quickly found out that really it was for me, so I would know what was going on. Right. So every Sunday, I. Uh, yeah. I take a minute to or a few minutes to put together that update, and I send it out via email to all the right. teachers in the district, and then the administrators and a handful of other people. Uh, it's boring. It's got a calendar on it. It's you know, sometimes I manage to infuse a little a joke in there that most people don't get because I'm not that funny. <laughs> and uh, and then I put it on Twitter just right. because I'm like, eh, well, ice I's as close to blogging as I get. No, and I I love that because I think every
1: as an administrator i do the same thing so you do the weekly update you tell everybody but i love the fact that you do put it on twitter because now you kind of make it public for everybody to see this is what we're doing and i love the fact that you basically took something that i think everybody out there who's a building administrator we all do it but you took it to a department which i think is super powerful because i think sometimes what happens and I'm just using my own perspective. In a building, we're kind of like, you're, you're living, you're grinding it out day by day. And you're like, I wonder
2: what the department's are doing. Because sometimes we're like,
1: they're not doing anything.
2: Well, it's funny because the uh, our human resources director, who was new this year, she came from Alaska, from Anchorage. And she was talking to me about maybe doing something similar, but on a right. monthly basis. Okay. For all of the departments in the district to actually contribute something. Yes. And I, yeah. I told her I'm happy to help facilitate right. it. Right. So, well, so, like, so, like, there was a big change to uh, <laughs> FMLA this year, and getting that information out to people was a challenge. Right. So, but if we did, like, a monthly newsletter... Right. ...that kind of information would be helpful. I, I do, I think. I think that, that idea of letting
1: everyone in the district know kind of what you're about, what you're doing, I think is. I mean, it just it creates that. I think it's that, that idea of, of creating just an
2: open conversation and creating transparency I think is super powerful for So I, I have a hard time with transparency because I'm often too transparent. So I, I've told my boss and a couple other people above me that I'm like, yeah, don't tell me stuff. Because I, I don't want it's to It's going in the blog. It's going in the weekly update. I, I'm not good at keeping secrets. And some things, there are valid reasons yes. to keep no, That's true. Absolutely. For sure. That is true. Um, So I recently had to deal with a human resource issue, and it gave me a lot of heartburn because not only was it a serious issue, but I, so one of the things I learned, so a nice segue, when I was a principal, and I never knew this about myself, I was already in my 40s, that I really process information by talking about it. And I'm I, one of those two. I, I feel your pain. I, I, will, I will
0: second and third that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised to find that about myself. I mean, I'm 43, 44 at the time, and I'm like, ah, oh. I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I shouldn't have, be saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I had a mentor at, in when I was principal in Amargosa. and then I, of course, you know, my wife endures um, all my when I have to come home and talk about things to process. Yep, and she's great for that. She's very patient with me. So, um, but yeah, it, it is a struggle for me to be secretive or to you know, I just I just want to tell people. Well, right. yeah, everybody should know. Right. I I totally understand I have to say my wife my wife is
1: a veteran administrator and she's like you cannot verbally process in front of everyone
0: <laughs> so, now you do a great job writing your thing that you send out to everybody do you do it in any other form do you do it as like a podcast format or do you do a video format of the same thing or is that something that you just you're thinking about maybe doing that in the future
2: it's funny, so inspired by you, Kyle, I had thought about doing something similar as short videos, um, just about kind of the most important issues for the district and sending them out. Right. And we're revamping the webpage for the school district this year, it'll go live in July, and it facilitates video better, so we might be able to do something like that. I know our superintendent's been pretty interested, he's done video messaging before. Right. And then with Zoom and the tools there, because you don't have to have a meeting, you can just record right. something, right. video record right. something. And it might be a direction we go with something short.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I've been writing my blog for a long time, several years now, and I I, tr- I started a video blog a few months ago, and I haven't done one now in a few months, um, you know, and it wasn't getting a lot of traction. But I knew there are a lot of people out there that would prefer to watch something or listen to right. something versus reading something. So and. I was just kind of curious what your experience was with that so and uh, you know based on what you're saying that i'll definitely be paying attention to that just to see kind of where you're going with that here in the future just to kind of see the successes and the failures and the tweaks that you may have to do with it because you know you just we're, we're just in that age now where people don't want to read you know that that too long didn't read kind of deal you know that they would rather just hear something or read something you know so i know it's definitely becoming more popular
2: I actually have tagged some of my emails like that in the subject line. I give the subject and then do the hashtag <laughs> too yeah. long didn't read. And, and Just to see I'm waiting <laughs> <Nice>. for somebody <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to, to email me back that says, Oh, I actually read that. Or you're right, I didn't read it.
0: <laughs> there used to be a Chrome extension called Too Long Didn't Read. And I don't know whatever happened to it. That was great because you could click on a news story, you know, on whatever website that would take you normally five minutes to read. And you could click on that thing and it would give you like three the bullet bullets, points. The three bullet. bullet points for the whole thing. Like, sweet, now I know all about now I know all I need to know <laughs> with all the other junk.
2: Yeah, people definitely need that for my emails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I feel that way about my blog post because I get so long winded with them.
2: I, I just use the excuse. I'm like I was an English major, I taught English for ten years. Yeah. That's yeah. and I'll say, Well then you should be a master of the language, you should know how to be brief. I said Yeah. Uh, I failed in that
0: class. <laughs> well, and if you if you've ever met me, I just like to talk. That's my excuse. So no, that, that's just the that's just the written version of me talking a lot. Is all. Well. So, but so man, I just I, I'm just floored by the stuff. Like I've lived in the state for a long time, and you're both lifers in the state. And I I thought I knew about rural Nevada. I found out today talking to you. I knew nothing. Nevada. I knew nothing about rural Nevada talking and, and, to you. And,
1: and I think each you'll attest to this. Each rural is different too. Absolutely. They all have their own character. They all have their own thing.
2: One of the things that I think is interesting now that I've worked in Clark and I've worked in Pahrump and I've been in the rurals and been an administrator in one of the remote rurals that... Is interesting to me is that everybody thinks the grass is greener. Yeah. Oh well, at Beatty High School they only have twenty five kids per class. Yeah, but at Beatty High School they have seven preps. They have to teach every every class is a different prep. right. The English teacher, the English teacher, right. There's only one teaches every single English class. Wow. Um, whereas in Pahrump yeah, they might have thirty five kids in a class and that's big. Right. Um, but they have two preps unless unless you're a specialty teacher where you know, you're doing auto mechanics, so you've right. got auto one, two, three, four, right? And then maybe some extras. But I mean, if you're a regular subject area, you probably have maybe three preps. Wow. I know, not, yeah. And then sure. when I was in Clark County, I had two. Two was the most, right? I ever yeah. Had.
0: Right. Yeah. Same thing when I was in Clark. Uh, you know, I had two, maybe three, but I mean, for six of the years I was in Clark, it was all U.S. history. It was just it was U.S. history. It was U.S. history honors, right. and AP. It's the same thing. I just have to approach the classes in a different way. Is all it was, and you know, not to throw anybody under the bus that I work with now by any means, but you know, the whole grass is greener thing. I've I've heard people that I work with before say like, "Oh, I bet you it's not like this in other places." I'm like, let me tell you some stories about where I came from. you know, when it was like, I still remember my first year teaching one of my one of my classes. It was a Senior government class. I had fifty-two kids in that class. I didn't have enough chairs. Two of my kids sat at my desk, you know. And well, after a couple of weeks, they leveled off the classes. Then it was down to
2: forty-five. Okay. Woo! So,
0: this was funny. Well, it's sort of
2: funny, sort of, sort of sad. So I moved to Nye County in two thousand six. So the year before. Uh, Palaverny High School was the largest school in Clark County because it's on that western end of Summerton. Right. right, they were still building some schools. It was before the uh, CTE came, uh, had started at, on that end of school. I think we were over five thousand students. It was huge. Oh. There were portables everywhere.
0: Oh yeah, I can imagine. And
2: uh, so my average class size was sitting right around forty at the beginning of the year. At a few at forty-five. As an English teacher, that's right. intimidating. That's right. very much so. Again. I come to Nye and. Um, um, uh, the, the, uh, one of the teachers comes in and says, have you looked at your classes yet? They're just ridiculous in size. And I said, no, nobody's even shown me how to log into the system because we're using a different system from Clark. And so he said, oh, let me show you. So we get logged into PowerSchool, and I look at my classes, and he's talking about, oh, my gosh, you need to file a grievance. Those classes are too big. Now, class size is not a contract issue, so you can't file nope. a grievance. True. true. <laughs> um, but at the time, the, the staff did not like the principal, so they were, I mean, they would have grieved him because right. he came to school with his shoes on <laughs> time. Um, and I looked at the guy and I said, so my smallest class last year was 38. My biggest class here is 30. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. We're talking good. to the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I co-taught a class this year that my biggest class was 27. And, Whew. you know, I... Again, there's people, not necessarily the people I co-taught with, but I've heard other people around school talk about, like, these class that are out of control, they need to do something about this. So I'm just like, let me tell you some stories about Clark. Well, and then the last thing somebody from northern Nevada wants to hear is something from Las Vegas. Yes. So oh, I it's did, the same thing it. in the rural. So there's a yeah. the kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. for sure. We
1: all have a thing. So... <laughs>
0: Which I get it, so you know that. You know, I was wondering about that north-south divide. Uh, it's definitely you're true. living it now, dude. I'm definitely living <laughs> it, but, but you know what? I, I'm enjoying the north side of it though, too. So but
2: it's interesting. So I didn't realize this until this year, but so when you compare perrump for example, to the rest of Nye County, right? It's very much um, a metaphor for Clark County, where all the population is, to the rest to the of state. Nevada. Yeah, because perrump has the bulk of the population in right. Nye County, and the rest of the schools are more remote rural and we deal with the same issues that the state deals with right in dealing with that yeah what well, we could even a whole debate about where the county seat of nine county
1: <laughs> well that's a whole different topic.
2: for those of you that don't know the <laughs> county seat is in tonopah <laughs> and uh the district office is in tonopah yes. in name only <laughs> uh De facto, the, the population center is Pahrump, and most of the operations for the school district take place in Pahrump, because and, that's where the population and is. And I don't
1: know if this is foreshadowing anything, but the state of Nevada Department of Ed used to be here in Carson. It is now going to be in Vegas. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it was actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, because <laughs> yep. uh, my teaching license expired in September of 2019 here, coming up in a couple months. So, I went beginning of May, yep. started the whole process, renew, renew my license, whatever. And I had two options. I could either go through the mail and do everything out of the Las Vegas office, or I could set up an appointment for the limited hours out of the Carson City uh, Department of Ed office. And I chose to do the mail thing because A, it was going to end up being quicker, and B, frankly, sometimes I just don't feel like dealing with people. (laughs) And, you know, especially in something like that, you know, i like... My experience going to the Department of Ed, at least here in Nevada, I'm not. I'm not sure what it's like in other states, but I'd almost rather go to the DMV <laughs> because Ooh. it's just. I, th- that's, wow. that's, that's those are some bold wow. words, but that's that's me saying that from because Nevada
1: DOE is listening. We just so, lost people. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: but so I'm not. I'm not saying bad about anybody at the it's at the DOE. Line. It's just the line, yes. and then like, well, did you fill this out? It's just like the DMV, but at least with the DMV now. You can set that appointment. Be in and out in 20 minutes. That's so true. so I, I'm going to give the
2: Department of Ed in Nevada some props because I just had to renew my license. Like I just did it. My birthday's in September, and uh, they have a new totally online system. Yes, they do. Now keep in mind, I am completely OCD. I have a record, a digital record of um, every single um, what is it the PD that I've done and the credits that I have. I had it all. I've been collecting it for five or six years now. And I get the notification. I log into their new online system. It was a pain in the neck to read and to go through every single thing. But it took me less than an hour. I uploaded everything. I went to the sheriff's department in Nye County in Perum. I did my fingerprints digitally. Right. <laughs> and uh everything everything was complete within two weeks i already have i did it two weeks ago i already had my i had the
0: same experience i my from start to finish that whole deal it was about two and a half weeks because they tell you in the website do it at least eight weeks out because that's how long it's probably going to take and it was and it was like two weeks and it ended up working out to where my new license posted before my degree i just finished up um posted so I can actually use this degree to renew in eight years now if I really want to. Wow! So. I'm
2: completely jealous. <laughs> so <laughs> yes.
1: I, yep. I have to renew this year. I think it's for the last time.
0: Oh, because
1: admin is sick. No, maybe not. I got to do two more because I only got nine years left. But. You say, I, uh, you say that. You say. I really uh, Hey, between education. the fact
0: that you love kids and then, are you really going to be able to afford to retire in nine years? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. We'll oh, see. look at you, maybe. Mr. We'll Moneybags here. Maybe. So, I just
1: got downgrade my lifestyle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I also did
1: find out that I was credit short, so I've been going to. I've been taking lots of PD opportunities. Yes, you have. We are. Our, our recording had,
0: schedule has yes, been a little bit different because AD. of that. So, but. Well, Rob, thank you so much for, A, contacting us to let us know that you were going to be in town so we could do this in person, because it's so much better doing it in person than doing it remotely, for one. And then just sharing your insight about everything that you're doing with your district, and just shedding some light just really on what it's like out there in our beautiful state. Yeah,
2: it's it's a lot of fun, and when I attend state things, one of the things that's interesting is Clark County will send two or three people and they're all in charge of different things. And in the rural areas, one person's in charge of everything. So, like, I, I handle technology and I handle the student information system with my own teams. But I'm also the director of testing for our school district. And, you know, it, and then I handle a lot with evaluations because we have a digital component there. So, it is a different perspective. I, I, I would encourage folks that are in our more densely populated areas. Take a jaunt out to places like Pahrump. Visit the winery. The winery in Pahrump is outstanding. There's two actually. There's Sanders, Sanders and then also the Pahrump Valley Winery. The restaurant at Pahrump Valley Winery is great. And I thought for a long time that oh, it would be really nice if Pahrump had uh, I don't know an Applebee's or a Chili's. One of those. And then I realized recently like, Actually, I don't want any of those places because we have outstanding local restaurants. I worked
0: at an Applebee's through college for almost three years. Yeah. I've, I've been to Applebee's twice since then, and it wasn't willingly. We'll just say that. So <laughs> I
2: remember that story from a previous yes,
0: yes. So, but um yeah, and you know, if if you're from Nevada or if you're close to Nevada, yeah, come out, and explore our state a little bit. I mean, there's there, there's so much out there that is just absolutely amazing. And like you said, with restaurants, I mean. Find those little holes in the wall that are in the middle of nowhere. So one of my favorite places in the state is the Silver Cafe in Piute. Some of the best pancakes <laughs> I've ever had, and then the Alien in um, Rachel. Yeah. Uh, if you got to oh, yes. go out there ever, so I'm sure you've uh, driven through there before because that's part of Nye County, right there. So the um, the extraterrestrial highway where you know allegedly all the uh, UFOs were when it was the Air Force testing all sorts of uh, different stuff, including the B two bombers back in the day that's a cool little place there too just make sure you're gassed up before you go out there
2: I have a good story on that one so the first year we came uh, teachers on special assignment I was working with a partner of mine um, Debbie who's now a principal in Knight County and we're driving from Tonopah to go over to Lincoln County and crossing that extraterrestrial highway that's hundreds of miles of desert and we're talking and talking and talking and I look at the gas gauge I'm like oh that's not good. And then I look at the and I'm like, "Oh, this is a district vehicle. I probably should slow down a bit." Yeah, we <laughs> uh, I was like, "Oh, I didn't think this car." Oh, up. it is flat <laughs> not to and be nothing out an hour. there. <laughs> so, but I was totally unconscious of it. So, but then when we hit eighty, I'm like, it "Feels like we're crawling."
0: <laughs> yeah, I I remember the one time we were eating at the Alien, and this uh, guy comes in and goes, "Hey, where's the gas station?" The girl uh, behind the counter says, uh, yeah, there's one about 150 miles that way, and there's one about 85 miles that way. Why? And he goes, oh, well, we need gas. He goes, well, I got some out back I'll sell you for 10 bucks a gallon. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was a fun story uh, right there for that guy, I'm sure. So.
2: But the funniest thing that I encounter with people, because they just assume because prostitution is legal in different parts yes, of different areas, yes. that people assume that it's legal in Las Vegas, and it's not. It's yeah. not legal in Clark County. Uh, it is legal in Nye County, but not in any of the communities. You have to be outside of the right. various communities. Right. And I, I drove past this place called the Alien Gas Station uh, every day for two years, driving out to Amargosa on 95. Right. Before somebody told me that there was a brothel behind yes. that, I
0: had no idea. Oh, <laughs> no the, idea. The turnoff on 95. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking yep. about. It took me a long because I've driven past that you know dozens of times and yeah it was probably within the last couple of years i realized that and the only reason that i realized it was because there was the giant billboard of there dennis the hoff oh, there was dennis hoff was there and i mean he you know That's his yeah he passed away here a while back and he still won <laughs> elections so um, which also you know, tells which you about it so, we elected a dead guy so yeah so <laughs> his area elected a dead guy and then they had to, the party the republican yes. party had to select somebody at that point so. Actually,
2: he probably had a better chance of getting elected dead than alive, because yeah, everybody knew that true. if he won, the, true. the Republican Party would get to um, get to choose yes, their representative.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, no, definitely interesting. So, But, yeah, so, I mean, if you're in Nevada or you're close to Nevada, explore the state. So, for listeners that are not in Nevada, come to Las Vegas, and then as soon as you land, rent a car and leave. go somewhere else. I mean, I'm not going to badmouth Vegas. It's fun. I lived there for 13 years. There there there's some good things to do there, fun stuff to do, but there's so much more just within a 30 mile radius of that city that are just beyond the Las Vegas Strip. You know, I mean, do it, go to the Strip, say you did it, and then go somewhere else because it's pretty darn amazing. So, and Northern Nevada is just, I can't say enough good about Northern Nevada the stuff that we do up here so beautiful
2: I don't even know you're in the same state if you're from
1: if you're from the south
2: it is different
1: yeah
0: I used to say that just going to Boulder City because Boulder City um you know for those of you that are non-Nevadans Boulder City there's actually no gambling allowed true so there's not a slot machine in any of Boulder City you go out there and it's no different than any town like you might as well be in a little town in the middle of Wyoming that's true at that point so but um well we're going to take some time here in a moment and we're going to learn a little bit about beer. So we've actually got a pretty special um, segment here about the learn about beer. We were talking to our beer tender here at Shoe Tree beforehand about, you know, the podcast and what we do with it, whatever. And then he goes on a tangent and tells us a little bit of a story about the history of the Goza Ale. So he's going to come on here and tell us a little bit about the Goza Ale and the history behind that and what they are. So. We're going to go ahead here and welcome Sean to tell us this story. All right, Sean, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir.
3: Uh, my name's Sean. I'm one of the bartenders here at Shoots Free Brewing Company.
0: Sean, and you were talking to us a little bit before we started recording. Um, we were telling you a little bit about the podcast and that um, you started to tell us a little about the Goza Ale and kind of the history behind it and what they are and everything. So just kind of repeat what yes. you told us for the listeners, because it's a great story.
3: So a Goza is a really interesting style. It's actually a traditional German style. Um, and it's characterized by it being soured by Lactobacillus bacteria, but it also contains a little bit of salt and some coriander. And that's kind of weird because that goes against the German beer purity law. In Germany they have a law, it's called the Reinheitsgebot. Basically it states that you cannot call a beverage beer if it contains more or less than four ingredients, water, barley, hops, and yeast. So the Goza style contains salt and coriander, which would generally be against that law. Um, The reason they allow them to continue brewing it is because the salt is found naturally in their water source. It's actually made from the Goza River, which flows through the city of Gosler in Germany. And so because the salt was a naturally occurring element and they weren't adding it to the beer, the German government allowed them to continue brewing it as like a heritage regional style. So
1: that's that awesome. Cool. That is so cool. So basically, that is the only place you can get it.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, it's actually generally now it's brewed in Leipzig, Germany. It's kind of okay. their regional style. But, yeah, that's the only place you can get that Goza style, and that's because it contains that
0: salt. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of American brewers are really embracing that style yes. and, you know, making variations of it. Kind of nice. like, you know, there's you can only call a, a beer a Kolsch from the Kolsch region Correct. of Germany. Same kind of deal. But a lot of bre- American brewers are doing. And I mean, there's some great style. Ones they'll, yeah. They'll they, throw in yeah. the word style. Right. And even with the Goza, that word yes, styles style along with it. Right. So and um, you've got a great one here that here at Shoe Tree, if you want to talk about that one.
3: Yeah. We actually, our Goza generally is released for Cinco de Mayo. It's our, called our Margarita Goza. and So that's brewed with lime and of course works with the salt and the sour there. Wow. Um, but again, that's it's more of a Goza style, as you said. It's not a true Goza beer because we are adding salt as an ingredient and we're souring with lactobacillus. Whereas in Germany, they generally do as an open air fermentation, started off fermenting the beer with natural yeast occurring in the atmosphere, whereas we're pitching yeast for something that's more controlled.
0: For but, but The kettle style versus exactly. the, the open air. Right. So. Um. You know, and then there's some other great ones that are out there, too. A uh, couple episodes ago, I had the dogfish at Sea yes. Clench, yep. you know, which, um, I mean, it's okay. You know, I've I definitely had better ones. Um, my wife is a huge fan of founders out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. they Green Zebra, which okay. is a watermelon goza, which is absolutely phenomenal. Ben, what, what are some of the other ones you've had?
1: I, You know, i got to be honest. I'm trying to think. I'm, like, thinking about if I've had any. And I don't know if I've had the one
0: I've had. I'm sure you have, but I maybe have, you just maybe you just think of them know. as being that sour because yeah. they definitely have that sour flavor to I it. Think,
1: I think yeah, I'm trying to think there's I don't know if if uh the Brasserie St. James in Reno does one. I feel like they do, but I can't remember off
0: that's why I,
1: I need to go through untapped and see yeah, if I Brewer's sure Cabinet
0: in Reno does one. Um yes. love to wa- uh, hate to see her leave, love to watch her goza. That's another thing I was going to
3: bring up. Yes. A lot of those Goza styles are real fun. Wheels goes around. Yes. All sorts. They like really like to play with that Goza term. One of my personal favorite Gozas is actually called Otra Vez. It's from Sierra Nevada. Yes. And that okay. Goza is
0: also brewed with cactus leaves. Which yes. It so yes. That's a good one. Uh, well, there Big we Dogs. go. Now that's the one we've had. Go. Okay. Big Dog's the... Brewery in Las Vegas has one called I Ain't Afraid of No Goza. <laughs> that's that's there's specific Ghostbusters. Right. Yes. That's a good one, too. So, one. uh Rob, do you have one that... Um, you can think of that you've had. I
2: actually can't. I don't think I've ever had one. Even the more popular ones that you guys just mentioned.
0: So well, so, now you have a mission well, to I, go and find some yeah, of these and I, uh, try them.
2: I need to come back here for the Cinco de Mayo. Goes out there. Yes, yeah, so, sounded outstanding. Well, you would you know that. where to find
0: Ben and I now when you make your trek from uh, Nye County up to uh, the north part of the state now. So. But, uh, well, Ben, what do you think? I think that about wraps it up.
1: Yeah, I think we're good with this one. Thanks, Sean, for filling us in. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It was my pleasure. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And Rob, again, thanks for tracking us down so we could do this in person. Yeah,
1: Yeah, my pleasure. It was fun. Yeah, Rob, awesome to have you on. You're a huge supporter of the show and and both the Teach NV chat, Nevada Ed chat. I mean, you're out there
0: doing the good work. So yeah, keep that up.
2: I'm Mr. W's tweets Yes. Yes, Yes, thank you. So
0: yeah, for sure. Because we would love for you to keep this conversation going. Share your thoughts on what we got going on today. Email us at beeredupodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at beeredupod. We got the beeredupod hashtag. We got our Facebook page, beeredupodcast, all one word lowercase on Facebook. Follow us on there. And then like Rob said, uh, Mr. W's tweets on Twitter. Uh, you can do a voice message on the Anchor app. Uh, you can leave us one of those, and we'll feature it on the show. And then we would love for you to go in the iTunes store and leave us a rating so more people can find this yep. show as well.
1: And then like, you know, guests. Did... Yeah. Guests, yes, yeah. We, we so love guests. We love guests. So if you want to be a guest on the podcast, go to our website. Check out the bit.ly slash beer edu podcast click on the contact and subscription info link and complete the guest form
0: yes so then you can be a guest along with us and while we would love to have you in person we understand that you might live in maine for all we know so we can definitely do it remotely um, at some point so um but hey until next time may the malts and the hops be with you right on